You're listening to the New Life Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We're a family of believers in Anderson, Missouri, that want to experience God in a real way, both inside and outside the walls of a building. For more Sunday messages, upcoming events, or to get in touch, visit new-life-church.net. This is not in my notes, but I can't help but read this really quick to start us off. It's Psalm 119.18. And let this be true of our time as we meet together, a time of your personal time of devotion and study in the Word, and time that you meet in life groups or in other places where you open up the Word of God. But it says this, It's a psalmist, and we believe it is David that penned this, but he says, Open my eyes so that I may contemplate the wondrous things from your instruction. Isn't that wonderful? Open my eyes, Lord Jesus, through your Holy Spirit so that I might contemplate the wondrous things from your instruction. We're in Colossians chapter 2 today. If you want to go ahead and turn there. Paul has laid the foundation and root system, if you will, for the supremacy of Jesus Christ in the previous verses and chapter that we have already gone through together this year, helping this church in Colossae, the Colossians, understand and know what it is they are to believe. And then here, he is turning a corner. So he's been laying this foundation and establishing the root system of what it is they're supposed to believe because they were being confronted with false beliefs of their day. The, what we know as today as Gnostic beliefs. Back then, they didn't call it that, but today we call it that. So when I say that, don't, don't mistake me for saying, well, hey, they didn't really have that word back there. I'm not sure if I can listen to this guy the rest of the time. This is a simple way of me explaining what it was they were up against and what they're believing in. But Paul here, in our text this morning, turns a corner. And he's going on the offensive against those beliefs. So he's laid the foundation of which they can be built up from and rooted in. And here he is going on the offensive against those false beliefs. Chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him and established in faith just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Maybe some of the most popular verses out of Colossians. Maybe you've seen these, maybe you've memorized these verses. But today, these are the verses that we're going to look at. And you're like, Matt, this is going to be really short today, right? It's only two verses. Hey, let the Lord lead us in that. And I trust that you'll hang on because I believe that what he has to tell us is very important. I won't keep you too long. God created trees on this earth, not just for beauty, but also for many other practical reasons. And if you've had biology class or science or things, you know, you know some of these things, such as oxygen. Kind of an important thing, right? We need to breathe. Uh, we also get fruits and nuts, and one of my favorites, maple syrup. I mean, you know, I mean, Elijah and I kind of were batching it at the house last night, and the other boys were down, and my wife and old Sam, he was, they were off doing something, so Elijah and I were like, let's make waffles. <laughs> so we made waffles, and you know we did, poured that maple syrup all over those things. Trees are also good for paper, for wood, and habitats for animals. 
They also help with soil and erosion control. But the vitality and strength of a tree is based primarily on that which is not seen, what is underground, its root system. In fact, some of you may already know this, but the tree's root system can grow two to three times in diameter that which you see above. So you look at the diameter of the branches above ground and the root system can actually grow two times beyond that underground. And that's why you can be about 80 or 100 yards away from a tree and you start digging a fence post or something and you hit a root and you're like, really? <laughs> now I got to cut through this root too. That is why, because the tree's root system grows out significantly further and past. Sometimes just 18 to 24 inches down as we've all seen very clearly thanks to some of the storms we've had this year. We've seen that root system exposed as trees have been laid over from the wind. But the root system is just kind of ugly and under the ground and if you're digging it's annoying or if you've got a driveway that's pushing up through or a house foundation they kind of get in the way and it's annoying. But it, it is what gives that tree strength and vitality. Without it, what we see above ground, what it produces, can be null and void or insignificant. The same is also true for buildings. What we see, what we live in, what we are in today is the functional part, the aesthetic part, and it's only possible because of the foundation that it's set on. If that foundation was engineered and constructed specifically for that structure in a way that would help support it, but last. Otherwise, what is above ground will not last. You see, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you, me, we can all be tempted to focus and base all of our faith on what is external, what is above ground, if you will, that which others see. And base it only on that. Things like, hey, you know what? I don't cuss very much. I'm, I'm a pretty good Christian because I don't cuss very much. Or you know what? I don't, I don't drink alcohol or very much alcohol. I'm a pretty good Christian. Or how many times we show up at church or serve in the church. The music we listen to. If we tithe. And yet scripture tells us that following Christ is not rooted in those external things. Now don't get me wrong, those things are not bad. It is obviously a good thing to be careful about what we say. Scripture tells us that, commands us to do that. It, it tells us to be careful about alcohol consumption. Either not at all or very little. It tells us to commit to being here together or in another local faith family. And to serve God, to worship Him, to serve each other as we talked about two weeks ago. Absolutely those things are good. Yes, we should be careful about what we listen to. Music, and we'll be talking about that in chapter 3, more about it. I'm not going to have like a CD burning party or anything like that. But, or MP3 part, you know, deleting party, whatever. But what I am saying is that we do need to be careful about what we are putting into our hearts and our minds. And yes, those are important and good things. Tithing, obviously. God commands us to tithe. It's a good thing. 
But if we are basing our faith on our works, what is seen, what is above ground, if you will, and not on Christ, who is our foundation, and who should be our root system that we are established in and built up from, those good works that others see are actually rotten to the core. They're unstructurally sound. And while God could use those things, our salvation is not solidified or established if that is all that our faith is based on. You see, Jesus Christ is our root system. And John 15 puts it another way. He is the vine and we are the branches. Him being the vine, the root system that we grow out from and are established from. 1 Corinthians 3.11 tells us that it is on Him as our foundation that we should be built on. Not anything else. Some of you may be bringing to mind right now the parable of the house built on the rock versus the house built on the sand. Same thing. We do not want our lives to be rotten and producing rotten fruit or hollowed out and diseased in the core. We do not want our lives to be unstable with cracks in the drywall and doors that don't close or a building that will someday collapse. Our, our focus should be on following, trusting, and knowing Christ. Our vitality, our strength, and focus should be on Him and Him alone. Just as a tree relies on a root system, just as a building does on its foundation. And then as we grow in our love and knowledge for Jesus Christ, our choices and our actions, those things that are seen, that does produce the fruit, that is aesthetically pleasing and, and stable for, for me to stand on the edge of this platform and, and not fall off because it's got a good foundation, those things will flow out of knowing Him. Those things will become a part of who we are. It will not be a struggle of, I should do this. Instead, it will be, I want to do this. I can't wait to do this because I love Him. That is the difference. You see, if we desire to do good things, but are not first establishing our root system in Christ, perhaps it is because we believe that the most important thing is actually praise from man instead of from Christ. Obeying Christ, being established in Him and rooted Him will be overflowing out into our lives. It'll be out of our worship and love for Him. It'll not be that list of rules and regulations that we can get caught up in thinking that the Christian life is. See, up until now, Paul had been laying that foundation, laying that root system for the supremacy of Christ for the Colossians, establishing the unquestionable deity of Jesus Christ, as well as the humanity of Christ. And that is the difference of our faith versus any other religion out there. It's Jesus Christ, him as fully God, him as fully man. And it is his work 
through his life and his death and his resurrection that allows us to be saved. Not by how many good things we've done, but it's only because of his grace. That foundation that Paul established with them in verses 15 through 20 of chapter 1, I don't believe we can overemphasize or overstate this. And so throughout this series in Colossians, I'm going to keep bringing this passage back up. If at any time you're like, ugh, would he quit reading these? Would he quit bringing these up? I humbly ask and pray that you would check your heart. These few verses here explain Christ and no other way as it does through the rest of Scripture. The rest of Scripture backs it up, but these few verses explain it in such an amazing summary. So I'm, I am going to read it again. And would you read it with me? There is something about us hearing each other read Scripture out loud to each other. It's an encouragement. It's a blessing to God and it's an encouragement to each other. So would you read these words with me? He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. What if we really, truly believed these words? What if? What if every morning we awake, we really, truly believe this about Jesus Christ? What if every time we're driving down the road and we experience traffic, a frustration of other drivers around us, because obviously it's not our driving, <laughs> what if we really, truly believe these words about Jesus Christ? What about when we are disappointed in something or someone else? Our relationship's fragmented. Career is not going how we'd wished. What if we really, truly believed these words? Can you imagine dramatically different our choices in life? Mind you, I truly believed these things about Christ, which are true. But to think on that, to meditate on it, to preach it to my own heart and my soul. Whether you're going through the life of a financial hardship, physical ailment, whatever it is, but to know that Christ is before all things. He holds all things together. He created all things. And in the end, He has won. He's reconciled us back to a perfect, loving, and holy relationship with God. 
and our future is that in all eternity. Let me read our text to you one more time this morning, just to make sure we're all on the same page here. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as the Lord, continue to live in Him, being rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing with gratitude. Verse 6 here, Paul is wanting the Colossians to remember back when they were not believers. So before they chose to receive the grace and love of Jesus Christ, to choose to follow him as their Lord and Savior. Back when they were trying to hack away at life on their own, doing it their own way, trying to figure this out. Well, if I do this and I can get ahead, if I do this and I'll feel better. With anything and everything in a very pagan and worldly society that they were living in, not too different than some of the most corrupt cities that we are aware of today in the world. And then that moment came. That moment came for them. They realized that God initiated his love for them long before they chose him, like it says in Romans 5.8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He initiated that love for them and chose them through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Not because of anything that they were doing or attempting to do, whether good or bad, but he provided that way to restore that which was lost since the beginning of time, since creation. In that first sin. Restoration that required the life and death of the Son of God. Don't blow off your sin. So the temptation could be the ultimate grace side of being like, well, God covered that. I'm good. I can just kind of keep on keeping on. No. My sin, your sin, whether it was a lie, whether it was an overindulgence in something, whether it was judging somebody, whether it was a bad word, caused the Son of God to have to go to the cross and die so that we can be reconciled back to God because He is holy and just. And to not let that consume us because God is taking care of the guilt and shame through Christ but to stop and reflect and meditate. And as we've talked about those last few months, lament over our sin. To the point that we have desire and motivation to change what we believe so that our behaviors change. As our behaviors, if you ever wonder why you do what you do, it's based on what you believe. We're going to keep saying that because it continues to be true. Thus was why I was saying, what if we really believe that about Christ? Imagine how we behave. But Paul's asking the Colossians to recall that moment of before Christ and when Christ saved them. And what that looked like and felt like. Their root system and their foundation were firmly established in Christ. And see, don't 
I don't want you to miss here what the text is specifically saying is Christ Jesus as Lord. We can just kind of blow past that, but I want to break that down for you for a second. The name Christ actually means anointed one or chosen one. Okay? So he's saying Christ, the anointed one or chosen one. And then he's saying Jesus, which was his first name, which believe it or not was a common name back then. But that name meant salvation in the original Hebrew. And I believe it even came from like the name Joshua, if you remember Joshua in the Old Testament. Coming from Joshua, that name, Hebrew, for salvation. And then Paul adds Lord onto it. Well, of course he's Lord. Well, again, our language doesn't do justification for what Paul is really saying here. When Paul or the apostles said Lord and they're preaching and teaching or in the scriptures they wrote inspired by the Holy Spirit, it actually means basically everything that he just said in verses 15 through 20 of chapter 1 that we read. One word. Or you might know it from the Old Testament as God saying to Moses, I am. Meaning, I am 100% infinitely complete in all things. Christ Jesus as Lord, anointed one, chosen one, salvation, Lord. As you receive the anointed and chosen one, who is salvation and is everything and holds all things together. Do you ever take that moment, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you ever look back and reflect on that life before knowing him. And that moment in time, I think it's so important that we understand our testimony and, and being able to share it of what our life was like before him. Him saving us, that moment, or periods of moments. Sometimes it's not just a moment in time we can point back to. And then our life since knowing him. That should basically be the summary of our salvation and our testimony when we share it with somebody. But do you ever stop and reflect on that? Remembering it was all about Him. That which you were blind to before. And it's like the light turned on. You could have been going to church for months or years or weeks and all of a sudden one day you're like, this makes sense. Why hasn't this pastor ever shared the gospel before? Well, not all of them do, but I bet he had. I bet they had, if it's an evangelist or a friend or a missionary or whatever. But all of a sudden, one day it pops. And you simply respond. What that felt like. That, that overwhelming realization of, like we sang about, He loves me. It's who I am now. A thought I've been thinking on this week is, God is not ashamed of me. He is not ashamed of you. And if you've had wounds from your past that have caused you to believe something different than that, I am here to tell you today, God is not 
ashamed of us. We bear his image. He gave us life and breath. He knit our cells together. And recalling when he saved us that guilt and that shame falling off. Getting to grasp the reality that there is meaning and there is purpose in life when the hard things come. That God will use it to his glory and our benefit. He will not waste any hard thing we go through. He will remember every one of our tears. The hopes and longings we used to try to fulfill so foolishly with things of this world like sex and alcohol and drugs and career and money and being popular longings are now being fulfilled and realized through Jesus Christ and someday we won't have to battle against those longings of the flesh when he calls us home Paul here asking the Colossians to remember that. Asking us today to remember that and then saying continue to live in that. Continue to live in that. Continue to walk out your life with that same fervency and zeal that you had when you first came to know Christ. Do you you remember that hunger? You're like, I can't think of anything else I'd rather do but just to learn and read his word. I can't think of anything else I'd rather do than to learn and listen to other brothers and sisters in Christ who have been there before me and hang out with them. I can't can't sing loud enough. An excitement to wake up every day wondering what you might learn about him on that day. You see, all of us can get pretty excited, even giddy, about some things that we get to do here on this earth. Last weekend, my family and I got to go up to Kansas City and see my oldest son and his wife and my granddaughter. Yeah, we were a little giddy. We were excited to see them, um, help them move into the very first house they bought, um, getting to do some projects around the house and and just getting to love on our granddaughter and hang out with her. um, It was wonderful. We were excited, we were giddy, we prepared for it, we looked forward to it. Some of you have things like that in your lives as well that you get excited about. If it's a concert coming up or, or hunting season, getting excited and ready for that and getting the deer stands up and even getting together with friends and scrapbooking or um, you fill in the blank. I don't know all of the examples that would necessarily play out. We're going to a Chiefs game, right? I see that all the time on Facebook. Hey, got to go to the Chiefs game and so excited about leading up to it. Um, All of those things. I don't think it's bad to be excited about these things or prepare for them to be giddy even, but do we do we prepare in the same way or are we excited in the same way to celebrate the most significant and amazing gift in all of eternity, our salvation in and through Jesus Christ with our brothers and sisters, whether it be in a life group or here on a Sunday or in other ways. Do we, do we prepare for 
that in the same way, with the same zeal and passion and excitement. What about when we wake up in the morning? The humbling and awesome privilege it is to go before Christ, go before God the Father, His throne, on our own, to open up His written word and go to Him in prayer. Something that believers before Christ could never do. Do we have that same passion, excitement, and zeal of when I wake up in the morning, I, I get to commune with the God of the universe. The God who created me and loves me. The God who gave me the ability to have salvation. Be reconciled to Him. And it's not a loan I have to pay back. And I can get with him anytime in prayer I can open up his word my phone or in this book anytime hobbies can grow old one day it will be too cold for us to get in that deer stand Our ears will not always be able to withstand the loud music of a concert or for some may not even be able to hear it no matter how loud it is. Arthritis could keep us from being able to cook or bake or quilt or whatever. But we will never grow weary or tired in our opportunity to know Christ if we are truly seeking Him being established in Him as our root system, being established upon Him our foundation. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, back to verse 6, continue to live in Him. So then, let us continue to live in Him, watering, fertilizing, cultivating our root system in Christ, digging and excavating and building a solid foundation on Him so that we can sing the words of this famous hymn by Charlie Hall. My hope is built on nothing else than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. being rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith just as you were taught. As we too have been taught through our personal devotional time and prayer to the studying of God's Word on our own here where we meet together in life groups. And then overflowing with gratitude, the last part of verse 7. It has been said that gratitude in a believer's life is a good test of their spiritual state. I don't know about you, but I find it really hard to believe that somebody truly has a thriving relationship with Christ 
when there's a lack of gratitude and thankfulness in their life. Someone else has said, a thankless spirit betrays a life that is no longer focusing on the greatness of Christ. How can you not focus on those verses 15 through 20 of chapter 1 and read them aloud? How can you not truly believe in those and not be grateful? You could be bankrupt. You could be sitting on a pile of ash heap. You could have boils all over your skins like Job. Your wife could reject you. Your whole family could have been taken out through disasters. And he could sit there and say, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Because he believed this. Thankfulness is the overflow of a heart that is growing in its knowledge and love of Christ. Thankfulness is not just a good thing to do. It's not just something that makes you a more pleasant person to be around. Helps you get more friends. God also commands it. First Chronicles 16.34 Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. It's not saying give thanks because of your circumstances. Give thanks because of your bank account or because your truck didn't break down. He's saying give thanks because God is good. It's not based on our circumstances or how things are going according to us. It's based off of God being good. And that is how we can give thanks in all things. Ephesians 5.20 Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks because Jesus Christ is the anointed chosen one, our salvation, and he is Lord over all things. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus. Remembering when we received Christ, what he did for us to initiate that redemption, that reconciliation, the greatness and magnitude of his humble birth. Though God became an infant. An infant that had to be held, fed, rocked, changed. He had stinky diapers too something I'm going to keep saying and repeating as we near Christmas to remember the significance of that humble birth and what Christmas is truly all about. What it felt like as a new follower of Christ, the excitement and passion, realization of we're forgiven. He loves me. Not because I've done anything to deserve it. He just does. And then to continue to live in that. As we are rooted and grounded and built up in Him. Preaching this truth to our hearts daily in our own personal time of study and prayer. Encouraging each other. That's why being committed to a faith family, being committed to meeting together and studying His Word is so vital for our health and well-being. that Jesus Christ would be that root system in which we derive our strength and vitality from. That we would be rooted in Christ. That he would be that rock-solid foundation that we are built up upon. That we would be built up in Christ. Focusing 
most on what is not seen by others. But allowing that to be the overflow of our hearts as we seek him and desire to know him more. If you are here today and you don't know him as your Lord, do not delay. Do not delay. I officiated two funerals this week for families who will not see their loved ones on this earth ever again. One was very sudden. We are not guaranteed the drive to lunch or home after this. And I don't say this to scare you. I say this because I love you and I would want nothing more than for you to know what I know. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for him to be your Lord and Savior because only he can give you the peace that you are seeking through other things. Only he can establish purpose and meaning when life stinks. It is proven that healthy roots are crucial for a strong and healthy tree, that a strong foundation is necessary for a building of any size. So it is for a follower of Jesus Christ to be rooted and built in Christ. And as we do so, so on that final day, like it says in the final verse of that hymn, when he shall come with trumpet sound, O may I then in him be found. Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. If you would like for somebody to pray with you, we have a prayer room in the back and we would love nothing more to do that. We also have a box out front, prayer request, if you don't want to do that personally. But as we close, the guys are going to play a video here of that hymn. And so if you are not needing or wanting, desiring to be in prayer with somebody, let's stand and sing that together. Would you do that? Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the grace and the truth of your gospel. You are before all things. You hold all things together. You created things. You reconciled us to God the Father. God, may we, with your help and your grace, stay rooted and grounded in you, in Christ, that we remember what we were taught in this way. We would remain established in your faith. And Father, that the overflow of that would be gratitude in lives that serve you and worship and serve each other in love.